Fortune favors the bold, the strong, the brave. For your business to break out of anything holding you back, you need business checking as brave as you are. Introducing Novo Business Checking. Novo is powerfully simple business checking. And unlike the traditional banking model, Novo has no minimum balances, no transaction limits, and no hidden fees. Instead of a one-size-fits-all approach, Novo is customized to your business to save you time and free up cash flow with seamless integrations to Stripe, Shopify, QuickBooks, online, and more. Sign up for Novo for free and join the community of over 150,000 fearless small businesses who found the customizable business checking solution that admires their brave. Sign up for your free business checking account right now at novo.co slash London. Plus, London Calling listeners get access to over $5,000 in perks and discounts. Go to novo.co slash London to sign up for free. That's .co slash London, not .com slash London. Novo.co slash London. Novo Platform Inc. is a fintech, not a bank. Banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, FA, member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. This is London Calling. London Calling. How about this, Stuart, says, Dear Mark, Brexit is as good as listening to Toby Young bitch-slapping James Dellingpole on his podcast. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. And this edition is especially London Calling-ish because... I'm actually calling from London. I'm walking down the streets. How exciting is that, Toby? That's very exciting, James. And, I, and the good thing about that is that uh, presumably reception will be slightly better than it was in the back end of beyond where you live and where you recorded from last week. Toby, there is, there is so much 5G around me that I think I'm going to be turned into a 5G tower of evil. Yeah, I, there's no problem with reception here. Okay, good. You, you've been listening to your friend David Icke again, haven't you, James? <laughs> oh, bad, no, uh, I think, I, I'm very anti five G. If that's what you're asking me, yeah, yeah. But let's not let's not go there now. I think I think we, we take up the whole show. Well, <laughs> and and so how, you're back from Mexico, some Mexico. I'm back from it. Yeah, I got I got back yesterday. Yeah. And are you missing it already? Uh, well, um, uh, it was great. I had a really nice time. Um, and um, I think I've uh, sorted out my daughter as best I can. So uh, we yeah. found a very nice flat in Roma Norte, which is uh, the Notting Hill gate of um, Mexico City. And she has a she has a job um, in a jazz bar, uh, also in Roma Norte, about 50 minutes walk from her flat so um uh you know so and 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 um and i've introduced her to a few friends of mine over there one of the things that struck me about mexico city and which reminded me of being in new york in the mid 90s is that if you're a brit and you appear and you know a couple of brits in the city in question and you have the kind of modern day equivalent of letters of introduction you know you're immediately accepted and then this kind of entire vista of kind of social connections opens up in front of you um and um so hopefully um she should be okay she'll at least be able to you know uh, fall back on the expat network if she gets into difficulty or gets too lonely oh that's brilliant oh well good i it's always I mean, one does worry about one's offspring does one not so i'm glad you i'm one glad does, you sorted yeah. her out you, you, so you've yeah, only got and, half a dozen to deal with now so half a dozen more to sort out uh you know, <laughs> three more yeah and I, I, I one of the yeah one of the things i'm i'm slightly 
nervous about is that um, they'll all they'll all now expect exactly the same package, you know, uh, <laughs> to go overseas, me rent them a flat for six months, find them a job, you know, and uh, it may not be so easy next time, depending on where they oh. want to go. No, no. Uh, if there is even a world that still exists by then, because of course, if you if you believe me, everything's going to go tits up, and um, yeah. So yeah, enjoy I, it I, I've written my um, spectator column this week, James, about um, uh, quite an interesting story I stumbled across in Mexico. Um, now I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, I, I, bumped, I, I had dinner with this uh, journalist called Joan Grillo, um, who uh, writes for the New York Times and um, has been based in. Mexico for around 20 years um, yeah. and he covers he covers kind of you know all the kind of real authentic gritty stuff you know cartels murders uh, drug running gun running um, and he's just written a he's just written a book um, uh, called uh, blood gun money uh, how America arms gangs and cartels but it's he's written you know yeah. half a dozen books I think anyway he said to me that um, uh, Mexico is the most dangerous place you can be as a journalist outside a war zone and then he qualified that by saying or at least somewhere which isn't officially a war zone because over a hundred or something like an average of a hundred people per day are murdered in mexico and there are i think approaching a hundred thousand people on the disappeared list but um five journalists um have been murdered this year alone and yeah. the um the president um who is called i might mispronounce this um Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, but he's known as AMLO, which is a bit easier. Um, he was elected in 2018. He's a kind of um, old-fashioned, tub-thumping, left-wing populist and a great friend of Jeremy Corbyn's. Um, and uh, he's even, Corbyn has even featured at one of his kind of regular morning press conferences. But he, he's got absolute contempt for the uh, fourth estate. Um, and... Uh, uh, and, and he regularly features um, sections in his morning press conferences um, uh, in which he kind of chastises, castigates journalists for spreading lies about him, i.e. criticising the regime. Um, but recently it's all kind of escalated because um, this uh, investigative journalist called Carlos Loret de Mola um, broke a story a couple of weeks ago um, about the president's 41-year-old son. Now, to put this in context, the president styles himself as a kind of anti-corruption zealot. You know, that was that was one of the main planks of his campaign yeah. platform, anti-corruption. And he's um, and he's a sort of he's almost a parody of a kind of hair shirt socialist of the kind that Orwell used to send up. So um, I mean, he doesn't actually wear sandals, but he, he, he claims that no one needs to own more than a single pair of shoes. No yeah. one should have a credit card. He, he, he always buy when he's out and about, he buys like food tacos from, you know, street vendors. Uh, he always flies economy. Um, so he's he's this kind of uh, you know, sanctimonious hair shirt socialist. OK. And this story is about his 41 year old son. And according to the investigative journalist in 2019 and 2020, the son and his wife lived in a mansion in Texas owned by an executive of an oil company. Uh, that has several lucrative contracts with the Mexican government. Um, and, uh, and in addition, his son uh, drives a white $70,000 Mercedes. And his wife um, uh, has an Instagram account in which she's 
frequently post pictures of herself on yachts and private jets, flying you know, different exotic locales. Uh, so the president was incredibly embarrassed by this story, um, which seemed to kind of completely undermine his his his, his carefully cultivated image. Um, and um, and he, in retaliation. Um, he held a press conference in which he put up these slides showing how much the investigative journalist had earned in the past year. So the investigative journalist, I think, has earned 1.6 million in the past year because he's also kind of like a TV presenter and he's, yeah. um, he does various things. Um, uh, 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 and he contrasted this with his own earnings of $100,000 and said, yeah, how can this man possibly earn so much? It's not because he's a brilliant writer. It's because he's essentially in the pay of neoliberal foreign interests who are trying to undermine my my left-wing program here in Mexico, which I'm very threatened by. Um, but he actually, it was extraordinary that he published the kind of, um, you know, essentially the tax return, uh, the previous year's tax return of this journalist, which he must have obtained from the finance ministry, possibly illegally. Um, uh, and, uh, and, he, and he held this press conference at which he, you know, publicized the earnings of his kind of, of this critic um, the day after the fifth journalist this year was murdered in Mexico. Um, uh, so it's true all the local hacks are completely up in arms about this. They feel like it's an escalation of the president's kind of contempt, his campaign against uh, honest hacks, just trying to, you know, honestly report on what he's up to. Um, anyway, I've, I've, that, that's the sort of subject of my spectator column this week. You know, there are worse, there are worse fates that can befall controversial columnists in Mexico than merely being cancelled by an outrage mob on Twitter. Right. Well, does that mean you're going to be able to safe to go back to Mexico, James? I mean, it sounds like you, you escaped by the skin of your teeth. And now <laughs> you can publish this article defaming. Well, not, <laughs> not flattering. Nothing about it. No. Yeah. Well, that, that I mean, colour me shocked. Um, uh, you know, somebody in, 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 <laughs> in Central America being corrupt. Um, but... but um, <laughs> Well, we don't know that he. We don't know that he's corrupt. Um, uh, no, just his, uh, just his son. Uh, uh, it's got a bad smell about it. The story. Yes, but it sounds it. But look, you think about what's going on in Canada. I mean, we we sort of kind of expect these 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 kind of uh, countries like Mexico to be slightly dodgy. But Canada, uh, you've got Justin Trudeau. I, I would suspect one can't one cannot prove it, but using his security services to dox, to, to, to hack into the, um, the, the, the equivalent of, um, you know, the, the crowdfunding site, which is provided, providing money for the truckers, and going to, revealing the names of all the people who've donated and exposing them yeah. in, in the compliant Canadian media, which, of course, is, is rather like the UK media, is bought and paid for by the government. So, I, I mean, there seems to be really bad stuff happening around the world, some of it which is getting reported on, and some of it which is, being completely ignored and the stuff that's being completely ignored seems to me to be anything to do with uh countries which are controlled by the world economic forum which is basically canada um australia new zealand probably probably the uk as well it's, it's extraordinary that, that that how much of the bad bad stuff in the world is not being reported by our media i don't think they're controlled World Economic Forum, James, but why, um, why do you not say? I mean, the, the, all their leaders were on, on the World Economic Forum Young Leaders Program. Of course, they're controlled by the Economic Forum, uh, possibly that, with the help being, from the CCP. But, but, but going to a panel once a year at Davos, which is basically a knees up 
doesn't they, they mean were that, young um, leaders. Toby, Toby, they were young leaders. This is, even Klaus Schwab has admitted this that he 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 talent spots these these recruits. He then they then get inserted into the political system, and some of them come good. And and boys have they come good in in Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. This this isn't conspiracy I, theory stuff. This is just this is just happening, and you can't just bury your head in the sand and, and pretend it's pretend it's too weird to believe because it's true. Okay. Yeah. No, James. Um, the fact that um, uh, some of these leaders attended a you know a future leaders event um, organised by the World Economic Forum does not mean that the WF now controls them. So, to give you an example, I went to um, uh, a, an event organised by the Konigsberg Institute um, uh, in I think 1987, which was held in Berlin. Um, and it was like a two day, three day event. And they and, and, and the people there were people who'd been identified by this international think tank, not wildly different to the WEF as future leaders. Um, uh, and um, and we went to various meetings and conferences and we met various officials and grandees. Um, and the idea, no doubt, was to try and um, soften us up a bit to make us more sympathetic to the EU um, and to uh, share the agenda of this particular international think tank, which was kind of, you know, a sort of uh, promoting international peace and cooperation, um, fairly liberal. Um, uh, 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 but the fact that I attended that um, in 1987 for, for a two day jolly in, in Berlin doesn't mean that I'm now controlled by the Konigsberg Institute. I mean, it's a, you've got a sort of fantastically naive, unworldly idea about how how people operate at that sort of level. Nobody chance. nobody cares about the Konigsberg Institute because it's not actually trying to build back better. It's its phrases are it not being par- it's its phrases are not being parroted by every world leader. There's the difference, Toby. No one gives a toss about the Konigsberg Institute, and I'm afraid refutation by by crap anecdote is just does not really convince me that the WEF is not a, is not a, a genuine threat. Well, I think the, the, but the, how do you think they do control people like um, uh, Trudeau? Do you think they've, they've got, got, got compromat on him that, that when they invited him to Davos 20 years ago, they filmed him having um, uh, kinky sex with a prostitute and they're threatening to um, put that on the internet if he doesn't do exactly Possibly. what they say? Possibly. They, they've probably got very damning. <laughs> damning blackface footage of, of, of him at numerous that's already numerous come out different so parties. that's already come out so yeah. why, why, what's already yes. come out so that wouldn't be, wouldn't be um, able to control I was just that. I was just being I was just being flippant Toby because I'm not going to entertain your 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 silly oh how do they do it I don't know how they do it I really don't know how they do it I, I'm just saying looking at the evidence which is that you've got all the world's leaders parroting this phrase build back better which is the the, the slogan of the world economic forum's great reset which Klaus Schwab's written a book about all the world leaders pretty much um, have, have been singing from the same hymn sheet. If you're saying that that doesn't demonstrate some evidence of collusion between, the, between these leaders and WF, I don't know what's what. But James, lots of the leaders who've been parroting that phrase, including our own glorious leader, Boris Johnson, are now doing the opposite of what you'd expect them to do if they were promoting the WEF's Great Reset Agenda. Boris is due to announce later today the lifting of all remaining COVID restrictions, including the need to self-isolate on testing positive um uh that that, that, that doesn't that, mean that's been, that that's been condemned mean, by the WHO. that was condemned by the who right. this weekend the national nhs federation has condemned it sage has condemned it independent well, sage has condemned so, it so what well he's clearly so, he's, so what it just, the it point just means that, that if you can you can use the phrase build back better it means nothing at all it's just a cliche that politicians trot out it doesn't mean no, that it's, it's no not job. like a, a stamp of ownership with klaus schwab at the other end of it you're just that's more no, right 
Yeah, what, right. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree. You've, you've come up with your... You've come up with your crappy anecdote about what happened in the 1980s and some institution no one's heard of. I've demonstrated clear evidence that WF has got its fingers in everything. We'll have to agree to disagree, won't we, on that I issue? I, I don't think it was a completely crappy anecdote. I gave you an example of how I attended uh, yeah, I know. an event yeah, organised right. by an international think tank, which was four young leaders. But it doesn't mean they yeah, own me, and, and I don't suppose and, WF and, owned and me. I'm, and I'm own. not convinced. And I'm not convinced. There's <laughs> no point mum and daddy falling out. Because I, I, I find your arguments unpersuasive, all right? Okay, mate. Anyway, we can agree that uh, Justin Trudeau um, uh, uh, his, uh, is, is, I think, uh, has certainly overreached. Whether he's behaving unlawfully um, uh, uh, remains to be seen. But I did note that... Um, what? Al- Albert- what? Whether, whether he's behaving unlawfully remains to be seen. What, what, what is this? Is it, is it sitting on the fence week or something? No, I mean, no, no, even I ju- by I your standards, he's passed- that's appalling. He's... He's, he's sending in, in his police, probably not even his police. They seem to be speaking, a lot of them don't seem to even speak English. The, the people that um, have been uh, <laughs> trampling, trampling protesters with their horses, beating them up. And you, uh, for, for, this is just for protesting against the, against the, the corrupt status quo. You think, and you think that's legitimate? No. I just no. Try and listen a bit more carefully. I'm not saying it's legitimate. I'm not saying it's morally justified. I'm not saying I'd vote for Justin Trudeau. I said he passed the Emergency Powers Act, which grants him yeah. the powers to do this under that emergency law. Now, that's his claim anyway. And I'm saying that, that it remains to be seen whether he is right in that claim. And it looks as though the state of Alberta, Jason Kenney, has just announced that there will be a challenge in the courts. Point, and the challenge will be that the um, Emergency Powers Act wasn't passed uh, properly and wasn't merited and therefore he is behaving unlawfully that remains to be seen but it's not it's not open and shut and by saying it remains to be seen whether or not he's behaving unlawfully it does not mean i'm condoning his behavior anyway. i'm just making a a legal point about uh, whether under the laws of canada uh justin trudeau uh, was able to pass the emergency powers act which is what gives him the legal authority in 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 his eyes to behave in the way he is Right, but how, how is that interesting? I mean, I mean, it, okay. well, it'll be interesting so won't if, it? If, 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 if if Jason Kenney brings a successful lawsuit against uh, Trudeau and wins it, then Trudeau will have to uh, stop behaving like this because it will be unlawful under Canadian law, under Canadian probably under Canadian constitutional law, uh, which would not yes. be a, which would not be a good look in the next you know in going into the next election. But it will also stop him behaving like this. He's claiming the legal authority to behave like this because he's passed the Emergency Powers Act. But if it turns out that that was unconstitutional, then he's in real difficulty. I think he's probably in real difficulty anyway. I mean, I think that uh, from 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 the point of view of most ordinary Canadians, I mean, as you say, the 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 media is very much on um, uh, Trudeau's side. Um, but from the point of view of ordinary Canadians, I think they think of themselves as not like America, not polarized, not in the midst of a culture war. They look, they, they think of themselves as a much more civilized, moderate, reasonable, calm people compared to their kind of crazy cousins next door. And the problem with the way in which Trudeau is behaving is it creates this kind of polarized atmosphere um, and it creates greater division. It means there's less likely to be any sort of reconciliation between these two sides over this vital divisive issue. And that's not very Canadian. So I think for, for that reason alone, whether or not Jason Kenney's challenge succeeds, I think it will be hugely damaging to Trudeau and may mean he won't, he can't be re-elected or may even be deposed as leader of the party before the next general election. Yeah, well, he's a tyrant and he's, and he's doubling down because he realises he's got nowhere else to go. 
And um, as I think I said last week, it's it, it's it's interesting that that um, that <laughs> Trudeau ends the same way as Ceausescu, because I I, I don't I don't, I don't think well. <laughs> No one's going to shoot him, I don't think. Um, but uh, he, he may, he, 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 all political careers end in failure, but his may end sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, let's, 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 let's pray. Eh? Yeah, so anyway, oh, we, we should have a gap for the advert, shouldn't we? We should, we should have an ad here, yeah. You already know where to go for breaking news and trusted analysis, this podcast. But do you have a trusted source for your day-to-day hiring needs? That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes, that's CVs, on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash London. The offer is valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash London to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash London. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, James, tell me where you are. Why are you in London and not um, in your hovel? Oh, just I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to um, do stuff instead. of. <laughs> it's very tempting to just sit behind one screen or, or, or get on a horse. And I feel occasionally I should do other things. So I've decided to come to the smoke. And uh, I, did a, I did a podcast this morning with uh, Loza Fox. And I've got a meeting now at the, at the House of Lords dining room for some, some reason. Was the podcast you recorded with Loza, was that for Loza or for you? For Loza. Okay. For Loza, for his, for his, he, he's got this, these new studios and uh, he's got a, he, he's much more, he's much more professional than I am with my, my, my homemade podcast. It's a, it's a, it's a good operation. Um, I, I, are you going to this um, getter? I know you're going, you're going to. No, so I'm having, a... th- that, that's what I'm, I'm also doing. I'm having tea now with, yeah. with Jason, Jason Miller. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want to go to the party because A, I hate coming back to, back from london on the milk train and right. b there were loads of people that i really didn't want to see at that party you know the the the, the kind of the lefty chatterati idiots and well, i just who, thought why who, why don't why don't be on why will the, who are the lefty chatterati idiots because I, I was planning to go to the party well i, I don't know is tom harwood going to be there uh, uh if he is there's there's one reason i don't know i, I can't remember the names i just i just went you not having it not having that thanks very much a lot of them, a lot of them were. Did they send you the guest list? Yeah. Then I, they didn't send me the guest list. Well, no, I asked them because I because I wanted to be able to, to make a decision an, an informed decision. Okay. I mean, well, I'm 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 pretty antisocial anyway. I only really like hanging out with people I want to, I want to hang out with. If Tom Harwood is as far left as the the invitees are going to go, I don't think that would be a problem. Well, he's he's a he's a fairly run of the mill, straight down the line conservative. Well, he was also pro Brexit. No. No, I I, I say not. I, I I think he's um. Is uh, is a, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 
selected as a WEF young leader. I, I, I imagine that <laughs> Klaus Schwab is already eyeing him up and, and thinking, oh, that boy, that, that boy could be my bitch, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'll ask Tom about that tomorrow night at the reception. Yeah, you can. Uh, well, well, yeah. He's Klaus Schwab's bitch, yeah. Um, you imagine, it's sort of like, you're sort of like uh, it, the universe you imagine is it's like a sort of Austin Powers movie with um, yes. Klaus Schwab as yes. Dr. Evil uh, kind of sitting yeah. in a kind of control room somewhere in somewhere in the Alps kind of pressing buttons and causing things to happen that's how around it, the world. That's, that's, that's how it works. They, they make these films. The same, same with James Bond. They make, yeah, they yeah, make they, these films to, to reveal the truth. And we think they're fiction and they're not. You think they're documentaries, yeah. Um, well, well like the, the Matrix, that's a documentary. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, have you seen um, the fourth Matrix movie yet? Matrix, we should probably, if you have, no. we should talk about it. I haven't seen it. No, 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 no. I've, I've heard it's so, so crap that, that it would be like, it would be like watching that Benedict Cumberbatch film about the cowboy who was sexually abused when he was child was a child. I, 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 somebody explained to me the that that was the, the reason. Uh, we his, talked about that. His yeah. homophobia. Were you, were you, yeah, I'm never going to watch that. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it started with Brokeback Mountain. You think about uh, this. James, James, let, oh, let's not let's not yeah. encroach on whatever material we're going to um, uh, get on. Oh, Culture Corner. In Culture Corner. Um, but okay. um, uh, so um, I, I imagine you are as happy as me that um, seemingly at five o'clock today, um, there's going yeah. to be um, a Downing Street press briefing at which Boris announced the, uh, the, the, the new plan, which will, is real, I mean, as, I, as, as, as it's been, what, what's been briefed is that um, more or less all COVID restrictions are gonna be phased out over the next few weeks, um, uh, uh, including um, that there's no longer gonna be mass testing, um, uh, no need to self-isolate, uh, um, uh, you know, um, vaccine passports have already gone, all remaining restrictions, by the sounds of it, are going to go over the next few weeks. And uh, we yeah, are in Boris's words, going to have to learn how to live with this virus. I mean, of course, it's taken him far too long to get to this point, And there shouldn't have been any restrictions in the first place. But at least we are further ahead than most other places in the world, which is something. Yeah, I, I, I feel about as grateful as you would to your Japanese um, prison camp guard. If he took you out of the uh, out of the sort of the burning uh, burning hut, uh, the solitary confinement hut, and moved you back into your rat infested normal cell, no, I don't. Look, one shouldn't be grateful when a government gives you back freedoms that should never have been taken away. They were never the government's prerogative to take them away from us. It was all a complete con, and and they've caused immense misery and hardship. I I will not give. Boris Johnson a shred of credit for this. He's doing it for not reasons which are, which are to our, our benefit, but just because probably he found it inconvenient to carry on. That's, all, that's the best one could say of it. Well, um, one sort of... Uh, the the, the um, cynical um, explanation being um, put about by um, the people who would like all the restrictions to remain in place indefinitely um, is that he's just doing this um, as a sop to his backbenchers because he's so embarrassed by Partygate, and the only way he can survive now is to is to get some of his kind of lunatic fringe on the backbenches on side. That's the kind of uh, cynical Machiavellian pro lockdown explanation, which is um, uh, yes, I think I think but... uh, I think I think that's I think that's balls. I do think that um, you know I- even though it's taken Boris a long time to kind of reconnect with his anti authoritarian. 
um, uh, credentials uh, 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 or beliefs. I think I think he I think he is finally reconnected with them. I think that's that, that's played a large part in this decision. I don't think that for a second. I think that I think that's just it's it, it's all it's all theatre. I'm I'm amazed that you can you can still talk Boris up ever at all, given given that he is leading a government which is doing such terrible things as as net zero to this to this country. I mean, it, it's like they've never done a conservative thing in their entire uh, period in office. And well, I, I, did, I, did, if I did, were a conservative, did, did, I'm not, but I wouldn't did, be cheerleading for this lot. He did get Brexit done. Wouldn't you think that? Doesn't he still deserve no, some credit for that? I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what, what get Brexit done means. I, 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 I've got no interest in Brexit well, he whatsoever. Whenever anyone... Whatever anyone mentions it, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. It, it, it's made no difference, has it? I mean, the, look, the, you and I, when we when we were mad keen Brexit campaigners, we believed that Britain that, that Britain could forge an independent identity. Uh, we could become like the Singapore of Europe. Instead, we've become at least as bad, if not worse, um, as, as as we would have been under the under still under, under the EU. You know, you 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 had Michael Gove. Uh, explaining that don't worry, we're going to keep all our environmental regulations in place. We're going to gold plate them. It's going to be at least as environmentally friendly as we were under the EU. Well, the point about this environmental regulation is it's anti-human, anti-freedom, destructive to the environment. So, and we're supposed to be grateful for this crap? I'm, I'm not, no, I think they're awful. I mean, the worst government I've lived under. I mean, and, and, and we, uh, yeah, I mean that's for somebody who lives under Tony Blair. I, I think they're terrible. I mean, I think the, the isn't the argument that um, we're worse off now than we were when we were in the EU. Um, uh, the Remainers argument that uh, you know, no, they're my saying, argument look, look, is, it makes right no difference. Them. I know your argument is slightly different, but 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 aren't you in danger of, of, of giving sucker to the Remainers? Or will say even hardcore Brexiteers like James Dellingpole, admit nothing's got better and things may have even got worse. What was the point? Well, Everyone so, regrets voting. Unlike you, unlike you, I don't really care what anti-lockdowners think of me or what Remainers think of me. You know, the, these, these people are, are, are damaged people. They're, they're part of a uh, kind it's, of it's not, it's propaganda not. movement I despise. So, so, so I don't care whether, whether they say that because I will know that it's not a really live argument I, I i've changed my position on 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 brexit because i realized that the whole thing was a sham so would you prefer to be back in the eu it's no difference it, it, it's not that i i want either either option it, 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 it's just theater well i i i, I think it, it may be a bit early to tell um whether it makes any difference um and i'm hoping that uh, in 25 years time when we come to put our decision to leave the EU in some historical context and we'll be able to see economically, socially, what kind of impact it's had. I think that the impact will be positive, but I think it's a little too soon to say. I feel I mean, it's not quite, I'm not quite, you know, what's the, what was that famous um, quote about the French Revolution? Uh, which the Chinese was it? Was it? Uh, yes. Was it? Was it? Ma, ma, was it Chairman Mao when asked, or was it? One I think. Of I think it might have been when asked. I think uh, it might have been. Yeah. What he what, whether he thought the French Revolution had been a good thing. He said it's too early to tell, and that was uh, yeah. two hundred years after or whatever. Um, oh, James, on the subject of um, uh, uh, the environment, did you notice there was one quite amusing story um, last week? It was actually not the day of the storm, but a couple of days before when the weather was getting stormy, but it wasn't. It wasn't storm Eunice day which we can talk about in a minute but um apparently um a um 
uh, one of those giant windmills um, blew over because it couldn't cope with 50 mile per hour winds. Um, yes, uh, they do I that. Quite, I thought that was quite funny. I mean, you know, you have one job, um, which is to generate power on a windy day. But actually, if, if it gets too windy, the thing just topples over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think uh, God hates wind farms. That's that's for certain, and he, and he's absolutely right to do so. We're, we're, we very much agree on that on that point. Um, yeah. It, it, where, where were you during Storm Eunice, James? I was in Mexico, so I missed the whole thing. But was it was it oh, pretty lively yeah. in Warwickshire? Well, it, it's it's sort of you know blasted the house. But it, it knocked knocked over uh, two or three trees on the estates, including an enormous oak on where I, I go and walk the dog in the morning, which is which is always sad because you you look at these things and you and they become part of your your local topography and and you yeah I mean I, I like the, I like these big trees and and losing one is 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 always a bit upsetting uh, I went I, I had to go riding indoors on on the Friday because it because it was too windy because the horses would have gone mad um, but yeah it was it was it was all right as the storms go I, I don't know whether it was the storm to end all storms um, yeah the, the, a couple of trees um, blew down around blew, blew down around here as well it is quite sad seeing them kind of uprooted I, you get the impression I took the dog for a walk when I got back from Mexico yesterday um, through the local park and a couple of trees um, had been just uprooted and were lying on one yes. side but their root their root system seemed to be largely intact and one would have thought that actually they can be replanted provided it's done quite quickly um, but no doubt, you know, Ealing Council won't get around to doing anything about it for about six months, by which time the trees will be completely dead. Um, but it, it, it also it, amazes it, me how 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 um, short the root systems are. I mean, you, you you'd expect them to go deep, deep into the earth, but they yes, seem to be. Yeah. Uh, how can these things stay up <laughs> ever? <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure you can replant them. I think I think that I think that they've had it when they've when they've been uprooted. I I would have thought, but anyway. Really? Oh, that's an, you know, you, I mean, you'd need you'd need some sort of you know forklift truck, but it didn't. It looked like that. It provided it's done quick enough. It just like a plant that kind of gets blown out of its. Ah, uh, oh. it, maybe not. Well, the trees, the, the trees of the size I'm talking about, they get epically smashed up. I mean, it it just when you see the damage they've done, you know, they, they've often been sheared in half. These these thick thick trunks and you're thinking wow wonder what noise that would have made when it crashed down I'd, I'd like to have been there in the storm to witness it but not too close obviously yeah yeah um do you know anyone who was um who was uh, caught out who was got blown crushed. about who was who, well, who was in a car that got damaged or anything like that no I, I, but again i, I why we're sort of encouraged, aren't we, to, to 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 talk about these these storms? And I think I think there's a sort of they all get given names now, like like they do in America. Um, and I'm not sure they really deserve names. I mean, the, the, for most of our lives, um, storms happened and they knocked down a few trees, and that was it. They they, they weren't called Kevin or Albert or I don't know um, <laughs> Kunta Kinte. <laughs> they were just storms. Um, uh, uh, we, we published a piece on the Daily Skeptic um, last week, uh, pointing out lots of people cited Storm Eunice as, um, you know, conclusive evidence that um, uh, uh, man-made climate change was happening and it was going to be catastrophic for the, for the environment. Um, and uh, we published a piece pointing out that actually, um, even though there was a lull in storms um, of, of, of that magnitude um, in the last decade before that they were quite common and actually historically there's nothing anomalous about um about uh, quite uh, dramatic storms uh, hitting the uk so it's not 
in any shape oh, or form evidence of climate change. Oh, it, it, that, that, is, that is totally true. But the thing about the environmental movement, it is evidence-free. It's all about the narrative. I mean, I've, I've almost... Uh, there are times when, I, when I'm tempted never to write another of these articles again, because you're absolutely right. You, you, could, you could write... Every day you could write an article about how the litany of, of, of woes recited by the environmentalists, you know, everything from, from uh, the melting poles to the melting glaciers to the sinking Pacific islands to, to the... The Great Barrier Reef is one of the great ones. I mean, all these lies about ocean acidification and, yeah. and coral bleaching, it, they, they turn out to be, uh, I mean, re, put it this way, coral reefs recover very, very quickly from this kind of stuff. But the industry is so powerful, the, the environmental industry, and it has pretty much the, 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 all the mainstream media on its side, uh, which wasn't true when I was writing about this stuff uh, 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago. You know that 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 the main the, the papers would take articles by Christopher Booker and and, and people like me, uh, and we could point out all this stuff. Now they don't even bother; they're all on board with the eco the eco mm. program, mm. Um, which is sad. Um, I don't know if you know, but but um, Laura Dodsworth and I wrote a a letter of complaint to um, Ofcom after Sky um, published. Um, uh, the fruits of its collaboration with the behavioural insights team, uh, known as yeah. the nudge unit, um, about how it intended to use um, uh, essentially subliminal messaging techniques to promote um, the kind of net zero agenda. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, and we said in our complaint that on the face of it, it looked to be a breach of um, the broadcasting code, which prohibits um, the promotion of political messages subliminally um uh it, 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 and, and sky was talking about things like um you know having consulted with um, the nudge unit um which essentially advises you know organizations and governments on how to um fine tune pro propaganda yeah yeah it, 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 it was it was suggesting things like having um you know uh the hero protagonists of dramas <laughs> drive electric cars, you know, in order to serve as role models for, you know, the kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, knuckle-dragging troglodytes watching uh, in their council flats. Um, uh, and uh, it was um, it, it, it was absolutely blatant about, you know, how it was, it was, it was, it was say, it was almost like virtue signaling, expecting people to applaud that Sky was planning to insert this kind of, um, you know, covert messaging designed yeah. to kind of nudge people unconsciously into embracing the net zero agenda. And it, it seemed to think that, that not only was there nothing wrong with this, but that they were encouraging other broadcasters to do it too. You know, they were hoping to lead the charge, um, uh, 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 the brainwashing charge, and were very proud of the fact that they were, they were kind of ahead of the curve on this one. And soon other broadcasters would be taking a leaf out of their book and, uh, and including these kind of covert, subliminal, unconscious messages in there. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, um, and, and, and we got a reply now from Ofcom who've said, um, it, no, no, this isn't a breach of the broadcasting code because this is all settled science. There's nothing politically contested or controversial Amazing. about any of this. That was their, was sort of the That's response the we were expecting, but yeah. You know, you know that the head of Ofcom is or was a childhood, childhood friend of mine, um, uh, Melanie Dawes. Yes, and, I think you mentioned uh, you know, this, yeah. Perfectly okay girl, but she is very serious, very bossy and very woke. And you're thinking, hang on a second, somebody who, who, who is like that, why on earth should they be, they be making the rules? 
Well, her, her wokeness in, in itself ought to rule her out. That they, they masquerade as these kind of impartial um, guardians of our, of, of, of our morals and our freedoms. And they're, they're not. They're, they're deeply, deeply biased in favor of a particular political view of the world. I think it's outrageous. I mean, I think we need to scrap Ofcom. We'll never have freedom of speech in this country while we've got Ofcom. Um, but James, it's about to get worse by an order of magnitude because, as I'm sure you know, um, the government um, has drafted this bill um, called the Online Safety Bill, which will grant yeah. Ofcom regulatory purview over um, social media companies and search engines. So yeah. not only will Ofcom um, be um, in control of what's seen on the airwaves, but they're about to be handed control over what's on the internet too. So Melanie Dawes is about to become one of the most powerful people in Britain. Um, so you maybe should re re reignite that friendship, James. Could be useful. Maybe she'll put you on a kind of... Uh, there, there might be some sort of um, tokenistic Ofcom panel designed to kind of advise Ofcom on how best to kind of preserve free speech online. And um, you never know, you might get appointed to the panel. Probably pretty doubtful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, might be worth a, worth a punt. Before we get to our next ad, just on the subject of... Um, climate change um, absolutism. Um, uh, there yeah. was quite a good piece by um, Zoe Strimple in the Telegraph a couple of days ago about how she debated um, Rupert Reed, one of the founders of Extinction Rebellion um, at the um, Cambridge Union. Um, and uh, and he, he apparently, um, uh, he, he, he gave some speech which she described as a long wheedling speech in which he um, apologized to the students on behalf of his generation uh, for, for having failed them on climate change, having not done more to prevent this um, imminent catastrophe. Um, and, and apparently he actually said um, uh, uh, that, um, quote, the later part of your lives, uh, the, the later part of the lives of most of you in this room is going to be grim or non-existent. It, I know. I wish I'd been there. The guy is the, in, in, insane. He's an eco-fascist. He's really dangerous. And the idea that, that, that these dangerous freaks are given platforms and presented as kind of, you know, just just reasonable people who just want to save the planet is outrageous. I mean, the kids are being brainwashed with utter crap. And uh, Cambridge undergraduates seem to be um, uh, to, seem to buy this stuff. It's outrageous. Um, and apparently not I'm, all of them I, did, according to Zoe Strimple. Some of them pushed no, so, back. No, some um, of them didn't. But 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 you know, you you and I, you you've been to Cambridge Union things, and the the number of of ones who get it who are well, not woke is pretty small. I I, I participated at, in in a debate about lockdown um, um, in at the Cambridge Union. I think towards I think it was in I think it was still in 2020. It might have been in the early part of 2021. And um, I had Graham Brady. Uh, on the same side as me, um, and um, yeah. the opponents were um, a member of Independent Sage, um, uh, a, a scientist, and uh, and we won conclusively by a margin of like four to one. It was extraordinary. I mean, well, we, that's it was because a... of your silver, your silver cup. Maybe, tone. yeah, maybe. maybe. I managed yeah. to just just persuade them. Um, we should have another another break, and then we should go quickly in culture corner because I'm now at my next date. Okay, yeah, all right, let's do that. So this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office until I got my ex-chair. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My ex-chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? 
my X chair can. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X chair. And once you feel the customized support of X chair's patented dynamic varial lumbar or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X chair. Now I can't wait to be back at work. And sometimes, even though I'm not working, I sit in my X chair just to get that feeling. Take my advice. Try X chair for yourself, risk-free, for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you'll never go back, I promise. And I can attest to that. Um, I didn't have my X chair with me in Mexico City when I was out of my uh, out of the country for a week. And I, when I came back and I sat down in it for the first time again, I did kind of think this is how an office chair should feel. It is so much more comfortable than any of the chairs I sat on uh, in Mexico. Go to xchairlondon.com now. That's the letter X, the word chair, L-O-N-D-O-N.com. Or if you're in the US, call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. That's xchairlondon.com. By the way, the, the, my date is actually a massive fan of, of London Calling. I don't know whether he's Team Toby or Team James. Uh, oh, <laughs> you, I, I won't tell you what he answered because you'll be upset. Uh, <laughs> Jason Miller, is this? <laughs> I, 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 no, 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 not Jason Miller. He, he wouldn't have an opinion on that, I doubt. No, probably not. Okay. Um, so in Culture Corner, James, um, I, I wanted to recommend something I just caught up with yesterday. I've now seen Reacher. I've seen the final episode. Have you seen the final episode of Reacher? I have, yes. It was very satisfying. There was lots of blood. Lots of blood, um, lots of fighting, Reacher, lots of shooting. Reacher didn't die. Incredibly, he didn't die. Is that a spoiler? But, uh, no. It could be. Uh, one thing that, oh, I think that slightly annoyed me, James, is that, you know, there was the kind of final standoff between Reacher and the kind of psycho son. Yes, um, yes. Uh, in the sort of final final 15 minutes. Um, uh, yes. The, the psycho son, I mean, it looks, it's sort of got the same sort of body as you or me, James. I mean, you know, he, he, nothing, he's not some, you know, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, well, he's not, he, he doesn't look like a condom stuffed with walnuts, which is what Jack Reacher no. looks like. I mean, he, he's an ordinary guy. And yet they have. And, and yet, I was quite surprised. I was quite surprised that their fight seemed to go on for about 10 minutes. And it was like a couple of times the guy managed to kind of floor Reacher or sort of, uh, you know, uh, set him back on his heels a bit. And I was thinking, how can he possibly do that? Most of the time, Reacher takes on three men without breaking a sweat and they all leaves them all with broken limbs. But this guy, who, who is no bigger than you or me, seemingly, seemed to really give Reacher a run for his money. It was a bit implausible, I thought. I agree. I agree. Well, there were the one or two implausibilities in that in that series, but but it didn't it didn't harm it too much, did it? Yeah. Also, I thought the series was quite forgiving about um, Reacher not wanting to stay with Roscoe. I mean, I don't suppose that is a spoiler because we know that he's a kind of wandering samurai type. But he said, you know, it's just in my nature to be a wanderer. You know, I'm never going to stay yeah. in one place. Domestic life isn't for me. Uh, and you kind of the, the series was kind of oddly forgiving of that. You sort of think kind of like, well, hang on a minute. Are you going to be a child the rest of your life? Reach away, some sort of Peter Pan figure, never well, able to settle down. Don't you want the nourishment of actually being in a proper mature relationship? What's wrong with no, you? No, he doesn't. He doesn't because he's on. The, we, we've established he's I, I'm sure it's in the character. He's he's on the spectrum. He's like he likes being alone. He he doesn't want the encumbrance of a wife. He he, he I mean he doesn't. He does, You know, wives wives do things that they make our homes look nice, and they make uh you know that they they make make sure that we're not living in filth, and 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 they 
do our washing for us. They take the egg, the egg out of your, the little bits of egg out of your beard. That's quite useful, I find. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and they police us. They, 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 they tell us off. Richard doesn't want any of that stuff to happen, does he, in, in his life? He, he doesn't want a woman telling him off. You know, oh, Richard, you, you've killed too many people today. It's really annoying. I don't like it. You're going to have to stop. He'd never take that. He, it would be really annoying. And, and she's saying, change that shirt. I don't like that shirt. It's really, it's really stupid. You need to smart yourself up. He doesn't need a wife or a woman of any kind. I think, I think it's because, you know, because secretly he spends at least nine hours of every day staring at himself in front of a full-length mirror as he lifts various weights and kind of poses. I think that the, the reason he doesn't want to settle down is, he's, you know, he just doesn't want the pussy train to stop. You know, he's just going to go from town to town on his Greyhound bus uh, getting involved with these lovely, young, idealistic um, uh, law enforcement officers. Um, and then he's going to dump them after a couple of weeks and move on because he just wants variety. He just doesn't want to settle down for purely selfish, narcissistic reasons. He doesn't want to settle down with one person because he needs his ego to be constantly fed and to be constantly told, oh, that's the best six pack I've ever seen. Come here, big boy. That's, uh, that's my Can theory. I can I, but before we go, because I've got to go and do my, my next thing now, but my point I was going to make about the Bendy Cumberbatch um, cowboy thing is that it's all part of, I mean, I'm not going to watch it because it is all part of a, a plan to, to take an iconic figure of masculinity, i.e. the cowboy, and this started, of course, with Brokeback Mountain, and make them all woke and gay. And, and it, it, it's, it's, about, it's about the war on, on male culture, on, on masculinity. Uh, we're all going to be transgender. And so I gather, I, not having watched it, that the reason that the Benedict Cumberbatch cowboy is, is I don't know, he's... He's not uh, woke. He's messed up. But he's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's messed yeah, up. But yeah. he, he was, he's messed up because he was, he, somebody abused him or something as a... As a so I, I just think I'm not interested in that. I like the man with no name. That's how cowboys should be. They should be clint. They should when they're yeah. in the bubble and, bath. And, and the, and the, and, yeah, and the, and the and the kind of actually the, the really refreshing thing about Reacher, who is essentially a sort of cowboy, isn't he? He is essentially the man with no name. Is that he is? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a kind of throwback to that kind of uh, characterization Which is, of masculinity. Yeah. It's a kind of it's a, it's the pre. Uh, Gillette kind of toxification of masculinity era. Um, so yeah, exactly. we like it for that reason. Uh, but just before you go, James, I wanted to make one recommendation. We'll talk about it in more detail next week, which is Pam and Tommy, or is it, or is it Tommy and Pam? Anyway, one or the other. Have you watched that? It's just been uh, no. it's just dropped on Disney Plus. Um, it's really good. It's really funny. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really good. It reminded me of um, uh, the um, first of those American Crime Story. Um, uh, docudramas about the OJ trial. It's it's that good. It's it's based on you know it's based on real events and has actors playing you know Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and Seth Rogen is in it as the sort of hero um, uh, uh, who okay. discovers the porn tape. It's all about the release of the uh, the 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 uh, Pam and Tommy porn tape. How that happened and what happened to them as a result of it being released. It's it's really good. Really funny. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll watch that then. Good. Right, Tobes, I've got to go because I've got you in my next bits, people. Okay, mate. Good. Well, look, have a good one. Give all my right. love to Jason Miller. And you. Okay, all right. All right, cheers. Bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. <laughs> Join the conversation.